0: My name is Jesse Kester, and I'm introducing right now Naomi Beatty. Hello,
1: I'm Naomi Beatty, and this is my sidekick Jesse Kester.
0: Woo! There it is. Blew out the mic, but I was—I'm going to get it sooner or later. And you are—you are my co-host. Thank you for. <laughs> Can I get rid of this song? This is out yeah. of control. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's way too much. It's an aggressive song. It is.
0: Well, we're an aggressive show. <laughs> There will be, I promise you, faithful listeners at home, that there will be a day we listen to it to the very end, but today is not that day. Welcome to Movies the Podcast. Today we are talking about...
1: What are we talking about? Ma- oh, right.
0: <laughs> Madeline Max, Fury Road. Uh, but before we get into that, I, I just want to ask you the question that I love ha- I love asking. Did mm-hmm. Did you have any feelings this week? And if so, which was the dominant one? And how did that affect your life?
1: I did have feelings again this week.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah,
1: continue to have feelings. Um, You know, maybe a feeling of accomplishment this week. I got a lot done. I'm teaching a class right now. It's going very well. I really like working with the writers. So it's, yeah, I have a very full sort of um, feeling of, you know, getting things done this week.
0: I also had an emotion this week. Would you like to hear about it? (laughs) Sure. What was it? I felt gratitude. Oh. Very, very deep gratitude because a friend of mine from school needed a behind the scenes still photographer on a feature that he's working on and he called me. Nice. So I was shooting there last week. I'll be going back out there tonight to do more stills for them and I'm just so grateful.
1: Yeah. That's fun. All right.
0: Glad we got that out of the way.
1: Feelings Corner. Done.
0: <laughs> Done. Let's move on to, uh, are we ready for the, the film thing? Yes. Do we, do, do we have any other orders of business at the top of the show?
1: I don't think so. Okay. Oh,
0: we like to give a tease of what we're going to talk about. That's what we like to do before the music plays. Uh, today, we're talking about Madeline Max. And there's, there's stuff that we're definitely going to talk about if you hang on to this episode. We're, we're going to talk about definitely the difference between uh, saying nothing and saying nothing. <laughs> I think we're going to talk a little bit about Buster Key. It would be hard to not bring his name up in a film like this. Um, I, I think we're going to discuss uh, Hitting Women and When It's Okay. <laughs> uh, we might swing by Jim Henson's station if we have a minute. Okay. And we're going to play a game called uh, Protaga Hit or Protaga Protagamist.
1: That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: So without... I, I, I was wondering if you'd shoot that one down on air. Without further ado, it's time for... The talk. <laughs> All right. We are discussing uh, Madeline Max. Would you be kind enough? I, should I drop that joke? It's not very funny, is it? Oh,
1: uh, it's I mean <laughs> Define funny. <Okay>.
0: <laughs> that is that means it's not.
1: <laughs> if you have to explain the All joke. Right. It's not we funny. we
0: are discussing Mad Maxine Fury Road. <laughs> Boom! Two nailed it. Would you be kind enough to give us a summary of, of Mad Max Fury Road?
1: Sure. It's uh it's about a guy named Max. Something
0: Rokostowski or something uh, Rock, very silly. Yeah,
1: something along those lines. It's some crazy name. Uh, Max something in a post-apocalyptic future where water and gas are both scarce uh, things. And he gets mixed up with a gang of women who are trying to escape the uh, overlord who is who is keeping them hostage or something along mm-hmm. those lines. I feel like you're not a very good explanation, but
0: I think I feel like you're doing the film a bit of a disservice by not listing all the names of the characters because they are so very much fun. (laughs) Names Like Imperator Furiosa, Immortan Joe, Rictus Erectus, and the Doof Warrior. It's just it's such a great list of names. Um, let, let's get into it. A beautiful okay. summary, and I appreciate you taking the time to summarize it for
1: us. <laughs> I'll do my best next time. <laughs>
0: um, where do we start? Where do we start? Let's start with saying nothing. The difference between saying nothing and saying nothing. Let's go back. Let's back up before okay. that. Um, did you like the
1: film? So, this is my second time seeing the movie, and I enjoyed it more this time than I did the first time. The first time I saw it in a theater, and mm-hmm. I, the overwhelming feeling for me in seeing it the first time was just like, why is this so loud? It was It was too much. It was too much noise for me and I couldn't enjoy the story. And so this time watching it on a smaller screen with not as great of a sound system, I actually enjoyed the movie more, I think, because I could focus more on the visuals and um, what was actually happening in the movie.
0: You just, you said something there that made my ears twitch. You said that there was a story in this film. (laughs) There was. That's a very odd way to to frame this movie. So
1: I'm guessing you didn't like the movie.
0: I loved it with all my heart. Okay. And I'm going to say things that, might sound like I didn't love it with all my heart, but this is—I filed this along with—with with *There Will Be Blood*. If this had been the last film that mankind had ever made, I'd be totally okay with that.
1: Wow. So I don't share that feeling, but okay. I appreciated it a lot more this time. Than, and 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 I did like it. I enjoyed the movie, um, and I appreciate the movie, and I have better feelings about it now than I did before.
0: First time I saw it, I like couldn't even sleep that night. I was mm. so inspired about what films could be. Second time I watched it, I doubly. The, the feeling was double, even though I was watching it on my laptop. Third time, some of the cracks might have started to show. There might be some, some, uh, some yeah, rough edges here yeah. and there on the I film. will say
1: the one thing I really, really love about this movie and um, one of the things that I appreciate about it is that it's a movie that is having fun. And it gives me the feeling that it is... Um, trying to entertain you and it knows it's trying to entertain you and it's totally okay with that and it's just yes. like i am having such a good time entertaining you and yes that's so for that i really enjoyed it
0: that's a that's a good perspective that's why i like wrestling because oh. they just will <laughs> do anything to entertain you whatever it takes to get a pop they'll do it got it and this is basically wrestling the movie <laughs> but all the wrestlers are made of cars yeah uh, what can I can I levy some criticisms against yes, this course. film? This is what stuck out to me was the difference between saying nothing, like uh, "There will be blood." The first fifteen minutes are silent. And This film is mostly a silent yeah. picture. There's a little bit of well, dialogue. I wouldn't call it
1: silent. I would say dialogue dialogue
0: free. It's it's <laughs> yeah. very light on the conversation. There's no right. uh, there's no uh, heavy exposition. There's right. no five minutes of learning what the world is all about through some some description that a, right. the character gives. Um, the, 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 I love that. I love movies that are moving images. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what they should be, is, is powerful images with sound to match the explosions. <laughs> sure. But I, I, I got the feeling that there's not really much being said. They pay a little bit of lip service here and there to the idea of redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, Mac, There's a little ghost girl that chases Max around until he helps someone out. Yeah. And then the ghost girl goes away, probably, maybe. And uh, Furiosa, she... They, I, I don't even know what her redemption arc is. I think maybe she sold out her the the many mothers that she used to live with to become a an imperator with <laughs> with Immortan Joe. She's she says she's there's, they have a brief conversation that they're both in it for the same thing redemption. What's she redeeming?
1: Mm, that's a good question i don't know okay um she was kidnapped from her from her home though she didn't sell out the oh, mothers. okay okay yeah. so
0: my theory was completely
1: <laughs> i don't know why she's seeking redemption other than maybe just um feeling like she like she bears some guilt for not doing something sooner maybe mm-hmm. and this is why she's helping the women escape all the um, women
0: were like 18 years old how yeah that How much sooner?
1: (laughs) How much sooner?
0: She wasn't sleeping that long. No, but
1: I mean, at least one of them was pregnant, so she could have done something before that happened, right? Before she
0: dropped her under a a monster truck.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. But I mean, these were women that were, were, they were the prized breeders, so they were clearly being kept as slaves to a really disgusting human being, right? So, I mean... How how long guess, is that? And know.
0: there was nothing really that complicated about her plan that required right. expert precision right. timing. It right. was, I'm just driving away exactly. and we'll see how it goes.
1: Right. It was like, I they, they let me drive this truck. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I'll use it to try to escape. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I disagree with you, though, that the movie doesn't say anything. What does it say?
0: I was not getting a, a message other than cars are cool. That message comes through long and strong. Sure,
1: um, I think there's a really interesting exploration in the movie um, about sort of the the struggle between survival and humanity. How ah. how much you know? It's like how how do you reconcile those two things? How do you survive and? not lose your humanity and how, you know, is surviving worth it if you don't have your humanity and how do you, you know, align yourself with other people, um, in order to survive or, or at the risk of your survival. So I think there's a really interesting discussion there.
0: There is. I will watch it again with that in mind. Thank you for giving me the motivation. I was feeling a little I was feeling a little sloppy on it this third time. Like, man, maybe I was maybe I was tricked. Maybe this was a carnival barker who just barked really well. Yeah,
1: it's I I love actually that there's that interesting conversation going on in the movie sort of underneath the noise and spectacle of it. Um I think for me that's what Makes the movie worth seeing more than once, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you think about it, that's, the movie. A lot of people loved it. It was nominated for a best screenplay Oscar. <laughs>
0: oh, just so just so you're aware, this film won Best Picture in my mind. Okay, the year it came out, and okay. the year after it came out, and the year it still hasn't been topped <laughs> as far it. as I can tell.
1: I can't believe it was nominated for an Oscar, but um, but I again, I still Blasphemy. appreciate the movie. Blasphemy. But I will say, I think that this discussion of what what the meaning of the story is sort of leads us into one of the other points, which That's,
0: is yeah. 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 Let's whose do it.
1: Movie. Is it, whose
0: movie is it? Now you seem to have an answer that <laughs> I, I thought was wrong before we pressed record, but I'm going to let you explore <laughs> it fully. Cause I'm, I, and I've got another opinion that I still I believe. Yes. I, I'm, I'm standing yeah. by, but let's hear Let's so, hear it. So
1: we disagree. Yes. I, and, and the reason that I wanted to talk about this is because I remember when the movie first came out there was a lot of discussion about whose movie who was the protagonist of this movie is it furiosa or is it max right mm-hmm. um, and honestly before rewatching the movie I didn't really care but in That's re- a fair answer. <laughs> in rewatching it I realized it is totally max's movie furiosa's movie no conversation to definitely be had about Furious's it movie. it is definitely his movie because Although, Furiosa is a very strong character, and I love her character.
0: And also the protagonist. (laughs) I'll let you go. Okay, I'm going to stop. um, Let me put this cookie in my mouth.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The movie is really structured around him and around his uh, emotional arc. And the, the point at which this becomes the most clear i had felt this way watching the movie, but then when it gets to this point, I was sort of like, oh yes, that is, there's no question about it now is towards the end of act two, mm-hmm. when you sort of get to the low, the emotional low point of the movie, right? Which is um, when Furiosa realizes that there is no more green space. How
0: beautiful is that shot when she's on the dune, it's screaming beautiful. to the heavens and it's
1: emotionally wrenching. Mm-hmm. And the last shot of that scene is, is on his face, his emotional reaction to seeing her to what she lost, devastated, right? And that's the turn that makes him return to humanity. That is the turn that makes him say, "I'm not just going to go and sort of like forget everyone else and let them save themselves. I'm I'm going to come up with a plan, basically, and help them return to humans." All right, the defense rests.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay, um, I. Interesting points. All of them. Uh, I pegged Max's turn a little bit earlier than you. Um, There's when they get to the Canyon Pass where the dreadlock motorcycle guys that fly as if they were made of popcorn. uh, After that point, Mm -hmm. he has no reason to stick with Furiosa. It's the, the, their alignment is is tenuous at best. He starts to kind of help her, and after that canyon, I was wondering like why why isn't he going off to do his own thing? He's helping to protect these people well, that
1: I think he's curious about the green place too,
0: but he's not required to be with them until no, then but like he is he's... trying
1: to survive, yeah, and until... the green place is a logical place to yeah. survive.
0: But until then, like, he'd be able to get there on his own. He had the door handle with the, with the chain and he was attached to the other guy and strapped to a car. And it's until, and then they've got guns at his head in the car till they get, and she needs him to get through the, sure. the pass. After that, it could be argued that he could split off from the team, but he chooses to stay to keep exploring mm-hmm. this, this, uh, redemption arc of his. Um, so that's where I peg his, his turn for the good is is at the canyon. I'm not saying that you're absolutely mm-hmm. wrong. I mean, this is the beauty of art. Uh, there's room for interpretation. Um, but, but the other thing is, I think it is Furiosa's story, and, I, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Even without you asking. <laughs> uh, Max is doing it for him. Furiosa is doing it for them. And that, I feel, makes her a stronger character. You no. are shaking your head no. You don't- it doesn't
1: necessarily... Um, I mean, I don't disagree with you that she... Um, is a stronger character, but that isn't sort of the basis for identifying your protagonist.
0: It's not it, not, a, not a, a this is not the home run one way to pick a protagonist. <laughs> but when I was watching the film, I was yeah. thinking like whose story is this? And then I was thinking whose story do I who do I want to be rooting for? Sure. And I wanted to be rooting for Furiosa because she was. She was doing it yeah. voluntarily. Yeah. Like, she had opted into this hellscape. She could have just been an imperator her whole life. Sure. And Max was roped into it unwillingly. And,
1: and you know, interestingly, it would take a character that strong and that selfless to change someone who was had lost his humanity and just trying to survive, don't you think? Furiosa? Max, he's the one who changes in that yeah. way. Um, she's the catalyst for his change. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's his movie.
0: I get, no, no, no. It's totally her movie. Well, I guess you're right. I, I'm not. <laughs> go back rewind rewind re- erase that from, but no you that, can cut that no no no. but that would that would make him the protagonist and her the antagonist if she's the one who pushes well, the change in him
1: i don't think of her as the antagonist but i do think of her as the catalyst for his change okay the experience of um going on this journey with this woman with yeah. furiosa who is doing this thing to save the other women is yeah. what changes him
0: okay I, it, valid points i'm gonna have to rewatch it and we'll we'll pick it up we'll pick it up where we left off um uh-huh. uh, but yeah no d- d- thank you for for the other perspective on yeah. this i do appreciate yeah. it i do appreciate it <laughs> i get lost in my own head and this was a week where i was very lost in my own yeah. head because i like this movie so much sure. and then writing the other one i just like this endless spiral down of what would be cool
1: well i do think that both of those characters are very strong characters it's I mean, you could almost think of them as co-protagonists because they spend so much of the time with the same goal, sharing a goal. Right. Which mm-hmm. is kind of a, a quality of a co-protagonist movie. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's necessarily a wrong yeah, or yeah, right yeah. answer there. So
0: that reminds me of one of my favorite scenes. And that is when Max and Furiosa meet for the first time. Mm, and yes. that is the when I was watching it, I was thinking like the, 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 the that's a mute cute. It's a very brutal meat cute but it is, yeah. that's the only uh, to answer the question we set up at the beginning, the only time it's okay to hit a woman is when you are Mad Max and that woman is <laughs> Furiosa, and you're trying to establish that you are both peers. Yes, they they absolutely are perfectly matched as as a non romantic couple.
1: Yes, yes. And
0: that's, that I just love that. I scene.
1: appreciated that about their um, their relationship also, and I loved that scene because I loved seeing Tom Hardy get his butt kicked by a gang of girls. I just thought it was really funny, and you know, and one of them's pregnant, and he's like getting slapped around by all of them
0: and it's all believable the way they hit him and the way he falls it is all they sell every hit in that in that scene it's really a beautiful scene Buster Keaton (laughs) this is just a Buster Keaton film with no laughs in it
1: interesting (laughs) interesting perspective I did not have that same reaction
0: Tom Hardy (laughs) is just Buster Keaton getting slapped around (laughs) in this wacky slapstick world Uh, but they're no joke. They don't play it for laughs. They play it for kind of terror right. and horror and right. excitement. But yeah, that I was all of it. Yes.
1: I loved all the performances in this movie. By the way, even even the sort of almost silent models who are you know who are oh, the, cast as the, as the wives. Yes. But um, Nicholas Holt, uh, who played Nux, right?
0: He's so good. He's he, so good.
1: Yeah. And I just and. It's sort of a, almost an invisible role. Like, he's he never really is, like, center stage. He's always sort of, like, just to the left yep. of the action. Yep. Well, not, that's wrong. Not just to the left of the action. But he is a he is very much a supporting character. Um, and he's just fantastic.
0: He's it. also a quiet character. In a yeah. very loud
1: world, he's, yeah.
0: he's kind of silent and watching and trying to figure out a better way to live the yeah. rest of his half-life. Yeah. So he does—he kind of goes under the radar. Who is it, the— the Nathan Jones, Rictus Erectus, oh is gosh. the polar opposite <laughs> that of name. Uh, <laughs> such a good name. So many good names in this. Uh, I love that sh- the scene when he's just shooting the gun into the air to mm-hmm. to lament his loss. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Patina the movie is the note. That's the new title of this film.
1: Patina the movie. Patina movie. The nice. movie. Uh, what else do
0: we have to... What else is What else? Yeah, is on what, the other,
1: what other points did you want to hit? Uh, Jim Hansen Station. Can I talk about that? Yeah, one, I don't know what that favorite, means. favorite,
0: favorite scenes. Have you seen... Uh, what's, it, what's it called? The, the Dark Crystal.
1: I have not seen The Dark Crystal. Okay.
0: There are these creatures that walk... They're, they're people, obviously, but they're walking on stilts with giant rags draped over them and they're okay. fantasy creatures in that. But in this one, when they get to that marsh... And there's that quiet shot of them going through, and there are people walking on stilts mm. through the through the mudland. Yeah, that's one of my favorite shots in the movie. It's a little bit of silence in a, mm. in a tornado of a film. Yeah, and I just I I love old school organic puppetry effects, and I was glad they squeezed in just
1: a, just, just a little, a little bit. bit of that
0: Henson <laughs> magic.
1: Yeah, well, I mean the visuals in this movie are so. Even even the loud moments, which is ninety nine percent of the movie they're they're really amazing i mean yeah. they're stunning it's a stunning thing to watch and that 's another thing that i I really appreciate the, about the movie. I think the first time I saw it i didn 't feel quite as um, fond of it because mm-hmm. it was just so overwhelming with the, all the sights and sounds and all the stuff happening. but watching it again, I was like this is really i mean the The imagination and the craft that went into creating this movie the you know, the the visual style and then just all of the um, sort of production stuff that they had to do to make it what it was was amazing.
0: One thing that kind of stuck out at me about it, 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 I think this movie gets a lot of a lot of talk about how big and epic and monstrous and oversized it Mm is. Uh, one thing that really struck me on this viewing was was the sheer economy of everything. Now, bear with me on this.
1: <laughs> oh, the sheer economy yeah, of this, having this. a guy strapped to the front of your car playing a guitar. Yeah. It's really
0: a minimalist experience <laughs> that yeah. we're, we're in right now. Uh, no, it was like no, what I mean is like nothing went wasted. Every piece of car they built, they blew up <laughs> in a special way. To the to the point, there's the 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 accountant that big the big guy with the nose mm, yeah. the chain coming out of his nose there's a shot somewhere in there where you see his his bulbous inflamed legs yes Ugh. and when i saw it i thought like this is okay we get it you love something gross just for the sake of yeah. grossness but then at the end max drops that foot on the gas pedal to kill him like yep. everything <laughs> yeah. has a, has a purpose yeah, no that's matter true. how subtle it is they do bring it back, and those really start to come out on the third, fourth, fifth, sixth viewings. Yeah. And I will continue <laughs> to report on other little details I notice.
1: Uh, something else that really um, I I just noticed. I I feel like uh, the story was put together in a way that um, I know you you were complaining about earlier that it it's maybe too simple that it's just people in cars driving <laughs> it's pretty
0: it's a pretty simple story sure
1: but I I really appreciated that the the way the movie is structured is sort of nice and neat and mm-hmm. then in those nice neat compartments it allows for all that big action and you 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 never lose sight of the purpose which I think happens in a lot for yes. me anyway happens in a lot of action movies where I'm like I don't understand why they're fighting anymore yep like what's who's trying to accomplish what this is in every minute of this, it's very clear who's trying to do what, even when it's like the most chaotic, you know, yes. action fight scene uh, I've ever seen on screen. So I really appreciate that about the movie, too.
0: And I, yeah, yeah, that would not be possible at this scale if the story was not a straight line and then a straight line back. Yeah. That, the, that it yeah. is such a simple narrative. Um, also uh, to build on that now, I think we're just getting into praise. Like that doesn't, <laughs> sure. the, uh, environment, they use environment well, that they you do. get to know the Canyon and you get to know what's good about the Canyon, what's bad about the Canyon. And then you, they explore every crevice Yeah, and then they, the dust storm. and
1: Right. I mean, that, that honestly is a, um, it's a really good takeaway if you're, if you're trying to you know learn things from these movies to to write your own scripts because that's the importance of context right like if you establish the context then your audience can anticipate things and yep. dread things yep, which is exactly yep, yep. where you want them you want them leaning forward in their seat anticipating and dreading so yep 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 yep, yep. something good it, it, yes uh
0: let 's let 's jump onto dialogue because I do want to get to a okay. device. I do want to talk a little bit about a device, and we are th- there 's less time than there is stuff to say okay <laughs> uh, dialogue one a stupid idea, and this is this well. This is just a stupid idea, so we're going to go for it. As I was watching it, I kept thinking like every line, not every, but almost every line of dialogue sounds like the title of a song from Mad Max Fury Road, the musical. And I'm just going to read some dialogue and tell me these aren't song titles. Okay. Um, Don't Blow My Engine, (laughs) One Man, One Bullet, Uh, Shiny and Chrome, Witness Me. Tell me those do not sound like they they would all be songs in a Broadway. Each one is showstopper in its own way.
1: So for me, the dialogue, I mean, I love that it, you know, as we talked about, it's very minimalist dialogue, right? There just isn't a lot of it. Um, But for me, the dialogue that's in the movie, I'm about 50-50 on on good-bad. Like, 50% of the time, I really, I thought it was well-done, well-placed, well-written dialogue, and well- delivered. And then about 50% of the time, I am sort of like, that was a clunky terrible line of dialogue and they're, Where did they drop the they're just lucky that this movie that there's like, so much to distract yes, you from exactly. it we're already on to
0: the next <laughs> that, thing as soon as and the dud also comes that i'm
1: sort of so on board with this being kind of an over-the-top experience that the 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 cheesier lines of dialogue yeah. i was sort of like okay that's yeah, what they're yeah, doing yeah, yeah. You that's know?
0: that's what you would say if you drove two cars that were soldered together on right. giant wheels right you,
1: but for for how much i mean okay there isn't very much dialogue. But for half of that to be pretty cheeseball dialogue, mm-hmm. and this was still nominated for the Best Screenplay Oscar? Come on! I just feel like that's not... that. Come on, people. What are uh, you thinking?
0: I know. They, they got robbed. It should have won Best Picture. <laughs> Hands down. I agree.
1: Uh, uh, the,
0: uh, I think we're good. Should we move on to the device?
1: Yeah, what's the device? Let's
0: talk about... device. (laughs) What is the device? The device, the one that I was thinking of this time that that really stood out to me is, um, there's visuals on this, so try to use your imagination. Uh, Tiny, tiny, tiny word theme and then giant, giant, giant word variation. Like they just took the theme of car explosions and explored it from every possible angle. The note I wrote down was, uh, what is hell for me and how many angles can I take? Like that's Mm. what I would walk away from this film with as a writer Mm is what's, what's the worst possible world. And now it's just Mm -hmm. poke needles in every possible, any, any
1: thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's one of the things I enjoyed about the movie sort of along the same lines as, um, you know, watching it and feeling like this was a movie that was really trying to entertain you and, and not being coy about it at all. Um, that's, I think that kind of feeds into what you were saying. It's like they, you know, watching the movie, their visuals and their events where I'm just going, wow, they went there. <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they did not stop where I thought they were going to stop or maybe where I would have stopped. Yes. They just kept going all the way. Give me the disgusting visual or give me the big explosion or give me the whatever. They went all the way every time. So. Yeah.
0: And I, I think I was trying to think of other films that are this much, just like one simple, simple theme that they mm. turn and turn and turn and turn for, for two straight hours. And I, I couldn't think of any, many. I think the closest that I could think of was Gremlins 2, The New Batch. Have you seen I that have one? I
1: not seen that.
0: Would you believe me if I said that that's in my top 10 <laughs> films of all time? I
1: would believe you.
0: They just... That film, they make some Gremlins, and then the Gremlins do screwy shit for an hour and Got a half. It. And that's, that's the whole movie. There's yeah. nothing else really going on. It's just screwy shit from Little Gremlins. Yeah.
1: I mean, I guess that speaks to sort of knowing what the entertainment hook of your concept is and then mm-hmm. exploiting that every chance you get, yeah. right? So, like, this movie is you know, if you like cars, <laughs> if you like cars <laughs> running into each other, you'll like this movie. And they knew that that was, that was one of the main sort of entertainment hooks of this movie. Yeah. It's the appeal of this movie is that spectacle. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so exploit it, squeeze every drop you can out of it. And that's, you know, you it's going to pay off.
0: Did you feel as, as a human being, any connect, like a, a, a an emotional connection, each, each Tribe had their own style of car building mm-hmm. and their own style of modification. Did you feel any empathy or connection or like no. anything beyond that's cool?
1: No, that okay. was all just sort of spectacle for okay. me. I feel like the emotional, you know, the beating heart of the movie is really in the uh, Max and Furiosa dynamic. Okay. Right. I'm
0: right there with you. Yeah. I didn't, but I liked it. It was yeah. cool, but not really much.
1: Yeah. But I mean, that's great. You, you kind of need both of those things. You don't want this movie or maybe any movie to be just sappy melodrama, right? I mean, you don't want it to just be like angsty. Should we go back or should we go forward? Like this movie is all about the spectacle. And then they slipped in a nice, you know, sort of genuine emotional thread.
0: I don't, I think, I think we covered it. What can we learn? If you're walking away from this film, what do you, what do you, what do you take away as a writer?
1: I think what, um, what I would like people to take away from it, And what I would like to take away from it, too, is that even though, um, you know, even if your your main character is Max and he's uh, he's the focus. (laughs) We'll we'll go with it. We'll go with it. (laughs) Even if he's your main character, um, that doesn't mean that your supporting characters can't also be strong. So like Furiosa is an incredibly strong character. And I love that, and I love that there are two incredibly strong characters in this, and so you have that argument about who's the main character, yeah. sort of, because they're both so interesting and compelling, right? And I, I think... Uh, In the past, we've seen a lot of movies that were maybe big action movies where the there's a male hero and then any female supporting characters were sort of relegated to damsel in distress or, you know, just maybe helping because they're driving the bus, (laughs) you know, but they're not really like doing a ton. And so I like that she was an equal partner to him in this. And um, I wouldn't mind seeing more movies like that.
0: Right there with you. Um, Can I get one more geek out in before we go to the pitch? It's how coy the movie is with her prosthetic arm. Mm -hmm. It's never hidden, but they don't reveal it until about like 15, 20 minutes into the film. Yeah,
1: I think maybe even longer than that.
0: If you go back and watch it, you can see that it's a prosthetic arm, but it's Mm -hmm. down by her side Mm -hmm. or out. Just... Kissing in the corner of the frame, and then suddenly she reaches up with this metal yeah. claw arm. Yeah, just really well played. Lots of little details like that of reveals throughout yeah. that, that catch caught me off guard. Uh, so I think the conclusion is clear. Mad Max is a movie with cars that explode. <laughs> yep. And if, if I would, what what I would take away from this is uh, like obviously don't hold back, but uh, really do the work of exploring. Whatever your topic is, from as many possible points of entry as you can, if it's as simple as cars exploding, how many different kinds of explosions and causes of explosions and emotional impact and plot impact can a car explosion have? And this is a really good example of of just tackling one thing from every possible angle. Yeah.
1: Exploit your concept.
0: And I did none of that in my pitch, just so we're all (laughs) above board. (laughs) Then, without further ado... It is time for the pitch. Excellent. <laughs> All right, you ready for you ready for this one?
1: I am. Oh, I'm good. excited to hear. <laughs> good,
0: because I'm not. That makes half of us who are ready. <laughs> All right. um, First, I got to give a little bit of credit on this one. Not a little bit, but full credit on this one. Okay. Uh, Back in Tokyo, I had a writing partner, uh, Matthew Roberts. He is the best writer to not write. Like, he just is kind of an idea guy Mm. who loves movies. And we would sit down for lunch every now and then and just, Mm. like, try to put as many ideas into a hat just for the fun of it. Mm. Wouldn't it be fun if we did this movie? What if we did this story? What if we tried Mm. this out? Uh, This is one of his titles.
1: Oh, okay. Um... So yeah. you're totally ripping off somebody else.
0: That Midnight's I collaborated <laughs> with, but I just I, I want to give him credit because he, yeah. he he's a just like a real real idea guy, cool. and he came up with the title and some rough like what if we did this, mm-hmm. um, and we were going back and forth on that one for a while, and I thought why not why not revive that? So yeah. uh, Matthew Roberts Speed Tractor Custom Motor, he's a custom bike builder. Oh wow! Uh, and he did not like Fury Road. He thought <laughs> it was too overdone. He preferred the Road Warrior. Wow! Which okay. I understand and respect, and yes. maybe in the future we'll do Road. <laughs> we don't need to.
1: I was gonna say. It's it's been a long time since I've seen Road Warrior, so I don't even remember.
0: I think it's it. a better film than this. Is we're not talking. That's then.
1: This is the <laughs> <laughs> movie <laughs> uh, discussion is over.
0: Yeah, I would love to. If if we start, I'm not stopping. So let's talk about uh, Half Cast. Okay. Um, and here's your poster. Here's your poster tag. Half are born to live. Half are born to die. She's caught between the two. Cool. Uh, here's your logline, if you want one. Do you want one? I do want one. All right. Uh, the only one who might bring bring peace to a dystopian society is the young girl who was be- born between the two violently stratified classes: the haves who live high on the crest above, and the have-nots who reside in the basin below. Mm,
1: I All like right. it. It feels very. It feels very YA to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of sort of very YA by way of Mad Max. That's good. Series. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's see if we can okay. keep that momentum going <laughs> through the full pitch. Um, so there's a fair bit of world building. Okay. Um... His story structure is classic hero's journey. So, if you feel like I'm getting lost in world building, mm-hmm. just know that this is all on a bed of of the Matrix. Okay, and uh, that's where you you can find your place accordingly. Okay, as we go. So, first, just a little bit of geography. The whole film, not the whole film, but the the world starts in this in this place called the Basin and Capital. The Basin is uh, this ever deepening mine that is being carved out by the have-nots, and uh, at the top is a circular crest that goes around the whole basin and this is capital this is where the the upper class uh, live in this in this caste society cool. uh, the miners are are digging for for maggots they need, uh, those in the capital want protein and the best protein is, is from, from the bugs that they find underground. Gross. So, yes. So but they have these. In a good way. Yeah. 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 Oh, <laughs> this is all in. This is, this is a, this is, wouldn't it be neat if the movie where I was just trying to think of yeah. interesting things that would catch people's <laughs> attention. So they have these, uh, you know, bins that, that they load up with maggots and then the bins get roped up on these pulley systems. Um, And it's uh, able-bodied children, able-bodied adults are the ones who are doing the mining and digging ever deeper. Our main character is uh, Voodoo. She's a 13-year-old girl who, um, she's a maggot miner. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and she lives with her mother there aren't really houses down here they just kind of cordon off with rope or plastic whatever they can find some little corner nay bigger than the table we're at to mm-hmm. call their own plot of land and that's that's how they And they
1: they don't have like roofs over their heads no, or no, no. okay but so it's, it's, it's just uh, sort of like a camp out yeah,
0: all the yeah. time Yeah but okay. there's no it's desert desert mm-hmm. living no no precipitation really okay. no farming possible out in this area Um and at that at day, she mines in the evening. She eats dinner, horrible, rancid dinner with her mother. And then in the night, what she does is uh, she has a little flute that she goes down and plays in the mine and it echoes through the chambers when they're quiet at night. Mm. Um, she turns 13 and when the, the children turn 13, they're conscripted. The boys are uh, conscripted into what's called hard labor, which is uh, they're 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 sent off to fight an unwinnable war. Like, they're just Mm -hmm. sent off. Actually, I think they might be killed. Still working that one out. That all the males in the lower caste are killed. Mm -hmm. um, And the females go into soft labor, which is uh, comfort work for the the folks up in Okay, so at 13. At
1: 13, yes. Is there... I don't want to interrupt your pitch, but I just have some logic questions. Um, (laughs) This early... (laughs) Well, so I'm just wondering, do they have so many people being born that they can just toss away the 13 and older boys? Um,
0: don't know. Okay. We'll scoop right. it up. Sure. We'll scoop it. There's a lot. I don't know about this. I'm trying to picture this.
1: the like, population of, of this I think situation. we're
0: looking at, um, I'd guess a thousand. Okay. Down in the basin and maybe half that up in the mm. capital. Um... Uh,
1: so since I've already interrupted you yes I will just say one more thing and then let you continue um 13 is really young for your main character if um this is going to be sort of in the YA post-apocalyptic vein um, <laughs>
0: this is the movie that no one will want
1: <laughs> well because kids usually watch older kids that are older than them so a 13 year old hero speaks to a like,
0: nine-year-old you think a nine-year-old doesn't and, want to see a film about a 13 year old eight
1: to eight to eleven is the age <laughs> range that this is going to appeal to and and i don't know if you yeah, you see you see where I'm yeah, going I, see, with I totally okay. see where you're going so i'm just saying maybe like bump it up to like 16 something. Bumped.
0: She's a 16-year-old <laughs> okay. who's about to get into, go into soft labor. Um, uh, actually, the boys go into conscripted service. Uh-huh. We're going to settle there. We're not going to settle that they're executed, and they okay. can return from that, but they, 90% mortality rate mm-hmm. in this whatever this unwinnable kind of like a vietnam-y type yeah. mess that yeah that there's no end in sight and nobody wants there nobody up in the capital wants there to be an end in sight because it gets rid of mm-hmm. uh un- undesirable un- undesirable the rancid is what they're called Ooh. down in the basin nice uh, part of that conscription when you become an adult is a, uh, blood test, both for the boys and for the girls to check that they're the, 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 the girls are clean enough to, to mm-hmm. work in the, the line that they're going up to. Uh, and wouldn't you know it? She's half caste. She's been born between, um, uh, two parents from two different sides of this society. Cool. The, not the first time it's happened, but she's the first survivor. Mm. So,
1: so there's something about the blood in the, ca- like the classes have different, yeah. Blood types, maybe or something. Yeah, okay. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh she's she's stuck between the two, which means she gets called up to the capital by uh the the, the godlike ruler, the pharaoh like ruler who has positioned himself as a god above those in, in the basin below. Uh he is called the high and humble. Mm. She goes up, she gets called by the high and humble. This has never happened before in the history of those in those in the basin. None are worthy to stand before <laughs> him, and they almost bow in his presence. Um She goes up, and he inspects him. Now, the the high and humble imagine like a six foot five. Gaunt, skinny no body fat whatsoever like imagine he has a tapeworm and no matter how much he eats he Mm. cannot get any nutrients but still he survives with his crooked spine and his weird walk but he's too young for this he's not like an old man he's he's weirdly baby-faced in this horrid tangle of a human being are we having fun yet
1: Yes, good visual (laughs) okay
0: so she goes up and and um he he uh judges her for for decontamination which okay. is a nice word for execution.
1: Oh, okay. So he doesn't so, like that she's mixed.
0: No, no, not at all. Okay. He finds her to be uh, any mixed baby should is meant to be executed on birth. Why
1: is that? Is that just to discourage them from crossing that class yeah. divide? Yes, yeah, because
0: okay. the, that it's based on this cast. that there's okay. the lower and the upper, and right. never That's the it. twain shall meet. Okay. Um, so she she's uh, she's deemed unclean, and he. Uh, needs her to be decontaminated, and decontamination uh, is when they send you out into this thing called the Sea of Angels. Which imagine, like, uh, imagine if you took everything living and it died and became a soup. Um, that's the sea. The <laughs> Sea of Angels, and it's called. It's kind of like this black, fetid, endless uh, sea. Uh, the reason it's called the Sea of Angels is because there are these white birds with long, very strong beaks that fly above it mm. that never touch the the fetid the the the, the, the slop mm-hmm. the sea, but they can swoop down and they can you know they can grab mm-hmm. a fish or something that lives in yeah, there and, yeah. and fly back up and it only their beaks will go deep enough that they never have to touch it. So there are these these things called angels, which are the birds that that fly around. Cool. Um, so the executioner takes her far, far out into this island in the middle of the sea. Um, and, and she's given a choice. He can either shoot her in the head on site or she can die of exposure on the island. Of course she chooses exposure on the island. Uh, and he, he returns to Capitol, um, and she's trying to figure out some way, some way to get out of there. And there's, you know, a couple bits of driftwood on the island, really rotten stuff. But she's able to hew something like a raft together and tries to get off the island. Gets a little bit away. And the the can't catch any birds for food. Can't catch any fish. Nothing is edible. Nothing could mm-hmm. sustain her in, in that that swamp. Um, and she she is about to die. Now, where am I on my cards? I get so into it. Okay, we're fine. Um. She's about to die. She rolls into the water in, in an attempt to, su- to suicide, to drown herself, uh, when she is grabbed by this this fella named Bastion. Okay. Um, and, and fished out of the water. Now, Bastion is this older man, uh, uh, lower caste, and no eyes. They've been scooped out, and he doesn't wear patches or anything, so it's just Ooh. these hollows in his head. Are we having fun yet?
1: <laughs> Good detail, yeah. Uh,
0: so he takes her back. And nurses her back to health. He's got this little this kind of society, this stronghold of, of several folks who, who have been uh, decontaminated. And they're and, all
1: living on the island?
0: Uh, no, no, no. They're deeper, oh. deeper, deeper into the sea okay. in some other place. Okay. Uh, maybe. I don't want to uh, pull water world into it, but kind of like a water worldy type okay. man-made structure. So they're structure living on the, on the water. Sea. Yeah.
1: Let me l- ask you a logic question. Does... Do the upper caste people not know that they're there? Can they not see them? Maybe you or? should
0: sit still, young lady. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: All right. <laughs> I might come back. I, I won't get ahead of you. Okay. Yes. Sorry.
0: <laughs> so he nurses her, Bastion nurses Virugu uh, back to health um, and, and asks her what, what, what is happening in her life. And she tells him the story about being a half-cast in his ears twitch his eyes perk up. Well. The, the, not really, <laughs> but you know and that's how where's my air horn that was a good joke um anyway uh and he says all right then here's what we're gonna do we're gonna she, she says she wants to get back and she just wants to be with her mother that's all she wants is mm-hmm. to return to the basin to be to be with her parent again to be a child again so he says all right here's what we're gonna do i'm gonna train you i'm gonna teach you how to be the greatest warrior that you can ever be and we will get you back into that basin just like because who wouldn't want to go back to the- maggot farming <laughs> anyway first phase you could call out all the plot holes later if you want first phase of her training i don't
1: think that's a plot hole Not i mean she sense. has she has the, a motivation she the, wants to the get emotional back to her logic yeah. is there yeah. she
0: wants to get back it's it's the only world she knows and it sure right. is better than the sea of angels right. isn't
1: it right exactly
0: so yeah. the first the first thing he does in her training is, is he got this syringe that he puts into her her, her pupil
1: and I would not trust an eyeless person to <laughs> put something in my eye.
0: Absolutely necessary. <laughs> this is called the milk bath. Okay. So he he pumps uh, like bleach into her eye. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Are we having I think he, fun? I think yet? you're making my point.
0: <laughs> so anyway, um, she's semi-blind for a couple of days
1: okay. because
2: of
0: this, because of science and medical that I really researched well okay. on this topic. Um, anyway, then her training starts. The training is uh, all she has to do is stand, and all he does is just repeatedly smash her legs and break her legs, and then. Tape him back up and heal him. Stand up and then he just beats the living shit out of her until she collapses and she has to stand up. And that's her training. And eventually she's standing. Mm -hmm. No matter what he does, she's standing. Here's where things go off the rails. Uh, (laughs) Because they're not already.
1: (laughs) Please continue. (laughs) Are you finding anything wrong with this? Um, No, not really. I mean, I actually am very much enjoying this pitch. I just, in my head, I'm thinking, logically, if you, if this, B- scooped out eyeball guy was like let me stick something in your eye not sure i would lay down for that and mm. if if he then said let me train you to be a warrior which just involves me beating the crap out of you over there's and over again there's more to it there's maybe a
0: whole I montage would... there's a whole montage come on okay. you think i'm that unsavvy right. of what screenwriting is i'm overplaying it okay. for for comedic effect but you can you get okay. the visuals like sure. you're getting a feel for sure. the world and what's going on here and Anyway, uh, here's where the twists and turns start happening. As okay. if, as if this has all been straight and narrow so far.
2: <sighs>
0: he reveals he is not training her to return to the basin. No, no, no. He uh, he wants to stage a coup on capital and mm. free all of those in the basin. And he sees in her the potential for the greatest warrior that Earth has ever seen. That that she is. Uh, that, that he just sees in her what could be mm-hmm. and also she's the youngest of their of their group that like she's the yeah. one who's got the most life ahead of her and the most chance for being physically fit and right. able to to to
1: do this yeah to
0: fight the war there's and, more though
1: and good thing she still has her eyesight and her legs
0: uh-huh. aha <laughs> aha uh-huh. the uh-huh. why were his eyes scooped out you ask <laughs> um because he was the lead architect of the security systems on both the Capitol and the Basin. Wow. And the security system in the Capitol is is uh, uh, eye scan, retina-based. Mm. So the reason they scooped his eyes out was so that he could not ever access capital again. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We good so far?
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> Creepy and gross and perfect.
0: And, th- and that's why he was exiled. Um, milk Bath. What was that for, you ask? I hope. Uh Would you
1: please? Yes. What was that for? (laughs) That was because. I think I asked that before.
0: To, to remove the lower caste tincture in her eyes to mm-hmm. to uh, wipe traces of of the lower caste from from her from her retinas okay so that when she that he can use her mm-hmm. to get into capital mm-hmm. so that they can stage the coup this is this is cool. the the opportunity that he's been waiting for yeah. his whole life to which she says not my problem uh-huh. i am not your little toy to manipulate into this coup against an unwinnable war against what is essentially a man god who has a standing army that could wipe out your dozen right in, with the snap of a finger? So she's out. Mm-hmm. She's and she's very upset with with this garden path that he led her down. All these promises of mm-hmm. I will I will help you. I will do whatever it takes to get you back with your mother. Uh, to which he was just it was all bullshit to get what he wanted. She's done with this. So she gets back on her horrible little raft, knowing that it 's better to th- feeling like this you know the, there's there 's no home to go to, and these people are insane, and I want nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. so she takes her little raft back out to the sea of the sea of angels, and what she sees while she 's out there is uh, why the angels are the only birds in the sky anymore there 's a small flock of crows, not small it 's maybe twice as many crows as there are angels in the sky. And uh, the angels go to attack the crows, and they win, and they always win because they attack in formation. So Mm. if there's ten crows... And five angels, five angels will go for one crow Mm -hmm. and another crow and another crow and another crow. Mm -hmm. And because they're moving as one unit, five of them are stronger than 10 who move in chaos. Mm -hmm. So she sees this and she starts to think like maybe the 10 of us, if we move in unity, Mm -hmm. we can stage a coup. We can free those in the basin. Pretty good, huh? Yeah, that's good. So she goes back. She goes back to the stronghold, the outpost, whatever we want to call it. Uh, to find that it has been uh, decimated, absolutely decimated, This is
1: the the little crew of people? The little crew of people. Mm -hmm. There
0: there are maybe a couple survivors, including Bastion, Mm. who's on his last dying breath. Mm -hmm. There is another Skywalker moment from him when she gets back. Uh, She was was not released arbitrarily. She was bait so that capital could find where the stronghold was Mm -hmm. and take it out. They were aware that there was this little growing group of rebellion that Mm -hmm. was happening. Uh, And because she abandoned them, she wasn't there to help them when they needed help the most. And they were overtaken by the Capitol army. Mm. And so she just like, she got the idea that maybe this was possible if they banded together and then lost that opportunity to free those in the basin Mm -hmm. because she was selfish. So now she's got to make amends for all that she had, all the damage she's done in in her small thinking and her, so she sneaks on the capital vessel and goes back. Goes back to capital, uh, not easily. I mean, there's sure. great difficulty, and sure. there's well, you know, she has to punch out a Nazi and steal his uniform so that she doesn't <laughs> get caught while she's on the boat or whatever. The, I you buy know. it. Yeah, yeah. There's there's stuff that happens there. Gets back to capital sneaks her way down to the basin and uh it has to be the general of this army saying like we can do this we have to get up there we have to we have to storm the capital and this is how we're going to do it so uh they do they go up uh she as it, they all go up in the in the bins the maggot bins and as they get up they cut the cables so all the maggot bins are are uh are are done mm-hmm. except for one they save one mm-hmm. storm the castle uh, and they, 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 they get there and, um, there things are going well because, because, because she, this is a very strategic attack in, in which she exacts no, 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 not none, but no violence. Uh, it's it's a strategic attack that must be done simultaneously. And how they achieve a simultaneous attack is because she is playing a flute that can echo through the basin. Everybody can hear the movements of the of the of the attack. Like mm-hmm. everybody knows what to do when. and yeah. when, depending on the song. So she's conducting this orchestra of violence mm-hmm. from from within the capital that other people are are working with her on. Uh, the the remaining the survivors get to the high and humble, and still believe him to be God on earth, and kneel. She doesn't. She stands, and his soldiers come and beat the living shit out of her. And she stands and they beat her down again and she stands. And it's enough that one other, just one other stands, one other from the basin stands with her and then another stands and another stands. And before you know it, the whole group of basin dwellers are standing against this God on earth because she could. And the the bastion knew the whole time what she, the one thing that had to happen Mm -hmm. for any of it to work was for her not to kneel in front of, in front of uh, the high and humble. Yeah. Uh, High and humble, she does not let them kill the high and humble. Uh, The one remaining bin, they put him in and lower him to be uh, tried by a jury of his peers Hmm. down in the basin. The end.
1: Wow.
0: Do we have any music for the Yeah, That was a big one, wasn't it? I told you there was a lot of lore in this Uh, one. No,
1: I really liked it. Um, Cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like so... What what else is there to say about? Okay, that's neat. What's <laughs> No, no, no.
1: It's I was just trying to figure out where to start. So yeah. so I think it's a I think it's a really good pitch that you put together. So I applaud you for that. Um, the really the thing that I like the most about it is is a lot of the stuff that you set up and then paid off so even though i was making fun of some of it early on that stuff that paid off is really cool and um have you know the way that you did it too having bastion is that his name yeah, yeah. having him be sort of the mentor character who's like miyagi her and like yep. you, you don't know what this is for yet <laughs> on but, <the> <laughs> but you know but having that come back and pay off in a way that um that's useful and actually feeds into kind of the way the plot plays out. I think that's great. Um, I also like the sort of thematic emotional stuff in there. Right. Um, I think you could, if you were, if you were going to write this as a script, I would say, make sure to set that up in her as a deficit in the beginning, like just make sure to do that so that when it pays off, it feels really, it feels like a really strong payoff. You know what I mean? Which parts that, that she, um, that well, she her, not my problem. Um, Uh, that, because that, that sort of felt like right around the midpoint that she was kind of expressing that sentiment. Right. So if you can seed that in, in the setup too, that we know that that's a part of her character, maybe not in a, you know, a callous way or in a like selfish way or anything like that, but just like sort of the nature of where they live and the world they live in. It's not necessarily, um, a high morale situation, yeah, yeah. you know, so that we know that by the time it gets to the end and you have that great payoff of she's standing and as long as she can stand, um, if she can stand long enough, then someone else will join her,
2: yeah, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, that becomes like a really good emotional payoff of like this you know her arc basically this person who didn't believe that that was possible in the beginning yep. and then is the one to show others that it's possible in the end like that's a really nice emotional arc right
0: and i think we can we can embed the not my problem in uh it's not my mother so it's not my problem mm. and she can kind of you know be be bratty to other people right. but we won't hate her in act one if it's because her only interests are the relationship she has with her yeah. with her mom in that yeah in that world i
1: think that would work yeah
0: but you can still have that, that flaw right. without hating her for it, yeah. hopefully.
1: And I think sort of, you know, maybe trying to um, ground it in either the, the way the world is set up and just sort of the circumstances or, you know, you've only mentioned her mom, so I'm assuming there's some sort of tragedy in her past, right? Like, where, where did her dad go?
0: He, he, he's been in capital,
1: Oh, her mother's oh, low right. caste. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She's Her father she's half, is high but, cast. But she must have been told something prior to finding out that she was half.
0: Oh, uh, that's a good point. And something so she, that I hadn't thought so of. So she
1: may have some sort of backstory trauma, right, that you can kind of use to inform who she is right now. Yeah. And then she finds out that that's actually not true. And it kind of starts oh, starts her yeah, questioning, yeah, 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 you know. Yeah.
0: And that's a good reason to question her mother, too. Right. Like, what other lies were, yeah. was I told throughout my life? Yeah. We could explore
2: that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I like all of that emotional and thematic stuff. I think that's all really great. And that's really the nice thing about sort of structuring your, your movie kind of, you know, building it on the foundation of the hero's journey. Right. Is like, it, it kind of gives you that sort of feeling of an epic, um, you know, messagey kind of thing. It gives a lot of meaning without, without doing you know, going out of your way.
0: That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a, a thing about this pitch is like, I was writing it and thinking like, the structure is so rudimentary.
1: Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but it works. It's a it, classic structure. Yeah,
0: but wh- one of the fun things is like, you have so much space to explore. If the structure, if you know you're yeah. sitting on a solid foundation, you can build whatever freaking house you want. Right,
1: right. And- like you were saying at the beginning, and you were almost apologizing for it, saying there's a lot of world building, the simple structure allows you to go yep. into the cool details of yep. the world yep. right yep. Uh, and sort of exploit that as part of your your entertainment hook because yeah. there's there's a unique world that you 're exposing us to um, so the the simple structure is good for that um, the, the this isn 't really a criticism, but if i were if I were really giving you advice about what to do with this project, yes. I would say write it as a novel okay. or a graphic novel because it feels so in the vein of hunger games, divergent, convergent, whatever that series is yep, yep, divergent. And right. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, the maze runner, like it yep. feels so solidly in that vein, which is great. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, and there
2: seems
0: to be a market for those right, stories exactly. these days,
1: but those are all based on existing IP.
0: Oh, that's what, yeah, that's why that's why even what I mean is in book form. This, yeah. Yeah. As yeah. it's pitched, this is way too expensive to just be like, here's what you should do right now as right, a feature. It's right, there's exactly. just I mean, no way to get I it off the ground. I think anybody
1: would look for that built in audience for this. Yeah. Um, you know, and whether that's good or bad, whether there would be an audience for it or or not, I think, I think there would be, it's a good story. It's sort of like the, the hero's journey, like the matrix, right. But in the world of like hunger games, Divergent, you know? So it's great. It has all of these appealing elements that I think, the, the target market would really enjoy. The trouble is trying to sell it as a pitch because it's just like making a new superhero movie that's not based on a real superhero. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, <laughs> you know? Nobody's buying, anyone who would buy this pitch is just buying me as a, would be buying the writer to do something on right. something else. Like they yeah. wouldn't be buying it to produce. Nobody has 250 million to do this untested yeah. property on, from an untested writer.
1: But, but if you do it as a novel or as a graphic novel, yeah. then you have the IP. So.
0: Much, much lower upstart cost on a novel than on an epic feature and
1: also it's just a really cool i mean there's a lot of room in like you were saying the simple structure gives you the room to explore the really cool details of the world which you've done a lot of world building and the really cool emotional stuff too you get to even dive deeper into that because in a novel you can explore the internal stuff more yeah and
0: you can talk more about what the what the what the marsh smells like yeah. like there's a lot of smells in this world and <laughs> like what it feels like to have maggots yeah. crawling in your fingers yeah. and yeah. you scoop them out to feed yeah those in the capital not a bad pitch no like i think it's, it's
1: good yeah i mean you the structure feels solid like you were saying it feels like it it you know it lays out nicely as yeah. a as a hero's journey and as a three-act structure and you have plenty of um cool action and yep, cool yep, visuals yep, that make yep. it feel like a real movie. Um, so it, I think it all was very
0: great. encouraging. The questions you were asking in the first half before mm-hmm. all the twists were being laid sure. out. It, it made me think like, yeah, I got, I got her. I got her. She's on the right track. She's doubting the things I wanted to be doubted. Exactly.
1: Yes. So nice job. Uh, thank
0: you. Let's <laughs> just throw it on the pile with other films. I'll never actually write.
1: <laughs> no, but I've tried. I've tried writing. No, I've tried
0: writing. Stories before like mm-hmm. non-script stories. I I don't have the knack for it. I mean, it's
1: you don't enjoy the process of like r- sort of writing all that description or
0: I, I love it, but I don't. I, I don't know. Like it never it never gets its claws into me. Everything mm-hmm. I write, if I'm going to write 120 pages, it's going to be in screenplay mm-hmm. format. If I'm going to, it it just yeah. never never. I don't know what it is. I don't. I'm I'm not mm-hmm. a good novel writer. Maybe I'll try someday again, but I've tried yeah. a couple of times and it never landed because I didn't beat any of my novels out before I started on page one and I was like, this is what it's going to be about. And then by page 20, I'm completely exhausted with no.
1: Yeah. I wonder if actually, because you have this sort of worked out, you know, in, in kind of the, um, you know, the 40,000 foot view of the story, if you decided to write this as a novel, which I think you could, um, you know, beating it out further so that you kind of have uh, a little bit more detail about mm-hmm. the the movements between kind of the big plot points. I think you could write this fairly easily. <laughs> All right. I'll get on that. <laughs> that's the, that's the haven't started a project uh, attitude of it'll practically write itself. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll just, <laughs> yeah, it's on autopilot. <laughs> Everything seems easy before you start. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it's solid. I think there's
0: some, yeah. there's some gristle on them, their bones. It's yeah. very fun to write. Yeah. Was-
1: I like the female character again make her a little bit older than 13 yeah
0: yeah no i always i always go a little too savage in the first drafts Uh, thank you for the feedback thank you for enduring that very it was the longest pitch i've done so far i think that one went on and on oh
1: well i enjoyed so many little
0: details (laughs) all right are we good on the the pitch the polish I think
1: we are
2: yeah
0: then it is time for something anything else (laughs) we are not talking movies movies are off the table from this moment on okay what's on your mind what have you been getting into
1: um you know we had a long holiday weekend recently Mm -hmm. um and so just hanging out with friends was really fun but my something anything else this week is dogs
2: Ooh,
0: i've heard of those yeah
1: they're great (laughs) um you know i just think that Sometimes I don't know if this is like a, um, a gratitude thing, you know, or like a appreciate the little things in life, or or where I'm going with this. But seeing seeing dogs, even in video form, at any time of day, just lifts my day and makes me happy. So I highly recommend it.
0: Looking at at dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Follow up questions: big dogs, little dogs. Mm- funny dogs
1: with hats i, I prefer bigger dogs okay. but but any dogs really snoop I, dogs i saw less less happy making oh, okay. snoop is less happy making but i like snoop um no i saw a video today of a dog and a monkey playing and i was like that's the best thing i'm gonna see this week Were so. are they being friends <laughs> yeah oh that sounds yeah, very cute I it will, was very cute
0: i will look that up after we are All done right. recording
1: <laughs> what's your something anything else
0: my something anything else is
1: a little long. Okay. Is that okay? Sure.
0: Uh, so, something that's been something anything else that's been on my mind recently is um, the, 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 the five star, one star experience. Hmm. Have you ever given thought to that?
1: I have no idea what you're talking about. So, what
0: I'm talking about, like, there's a, there's a five star experience. That's like the best version, right? Okay. And yeah. there's a one star experience, and that's like sure. the worst version. But a five star, one star experience is when you get something so bad that it becomes transcendent.
1: Okay. And you've had this happen
0: recently.
1: I'm trying to think if I've had any experience like that. Tell me If you
0: haven't, let me set up a five-star, one-star experience for you right now. Are you aware of Fry's Electronics? Yes. Are you aware that they have a cafe in Fry's? Oh, now let's. let's
1: The one in Burbank? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I've. I've seen it.
0: Let's talk Not, about yeah. the Atomic Cafe. Well, let's, let's set up Fry's Electronics for those okay. who aren't hanging out in L.A., if we could. Okay. Fry's Electronics is a, a big box electronics store, yeah. which shouldn't exist at this point in, in human evolution anyway. <laughs> Not only is this a big box, but it's all overly designed. Like, it's got mm. UFOs and aliens Yeah, everywhere. that particular
1: store is strange. It's, I've only been in there once, and it was a, it's a trip.
0: It's very weird because there will always be like three times as many employees as there are customers and you will still wait in checkout for 15 20 minutes even though and there are 20 people behind the counter and
1: they make you do like the two checkout thing where oh, they they, do. they like run you through their computer system and then send you to the checkout mhm
0: and yeah. then they check your receipt after you're done yeah, yeah. because they don't like customers there <laughs> they really hate they make everything impossible for the you'll uh, fries when you walk in, have you been in there recently?
1: Uh, no, this was, a, okay. this was a year ago. Maybe.
0: Let me paint a picture for listeners who haven't been to Fry's and okay. Burbank. As you're walking up, you will see uh, like the UFO crashed into the building and then you'll look down and see that there is a person lying out on the concrete. You will think like, uh, is this like some junkie who's in the afternoon, the afternoon valley of their of their day? No, it is not. It is, uh, like, you, you'll, you'll, if you can't find them, they're right next to the sign that says no soliciting. And it is a person who is collecting for charity who was at the beginning of the day standing, <laughs> then later on sitting, and it, uh, by, like, two or three in the afternoon, this person will be lying on the concrete with a little solo cup going, charity, and then shake the cup. Charity, Whoa. shake the cup. So-
1: that person was not there when when I was last at Fry's.
0: Just step over that person. Walk through the door. T- 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 and walk to the back, and there you will find the Atomic Cafe. Now, hmm. as we've established, uh, this, fries should not exist. Best Buy should not exist. Like, these big box stores, should they should be out of business. Well,
1: that's debatable.
0: I, I'm not talking emotion. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking logistically, financially. I don't understand how they're staying in business. Some
1: people like to go test out the stuff before they buy it on Amazon.
0: Not that many people. <laughs> And if they're just testing it, they're not giving them any money. Yeah,
1: there needs to be a showroom so you can, like, play with it before you order it.
0: So in this <laughs> store that shouldn't exist, there's a restaurant that shouldn't... There's no reason for an electronics store to have a restaurant. Right. Can we agree sure. on that yes. at least? Yes. Okay. So you sit down at the Atomic Cafe. Now, they will be playing one of two films. Okay. There's uh, My Personal Favorite that they play Mm -hmm. which is uh the day the earth stood still okay and sometimes i go there with my friend alan van dyke and sometimes they're playing his favorite film which is no signal available okay and that's just the words no signal available on the screen (laughs) got it you walk up to the counter and uh you'll place your order i ordered the tuna salad Uh,
1: can i ask if you feel so strongly that a cafe shouldn't exist in a big box store that shouldn't exist why you go eat there
0: 'Cause I love five star, one star experiences okay. more than anything. You walk up and you order you say, I want a tuna salad. Now you think you should this should be simple that they put into the register the five ninety nine or tuna right. salad or whatever sure. it is, like a normal place would do, right? Yeah. Like a, a like an electron a place that has electronics would have a way sure. to do this. Sure. No, no 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 no. They get out a three-ring binder. Oh geez. Open it up and leaf through it. They find Tuna Salad and then will have like a 10-digit code. Then they type in the 10-digit code into the computer. And then you say, like, I want a T. And then they flip through the three-ring binder, find T, find the 10-digit code for T, and then type the 10-digit code in.
1: You know why they do this, though.
0: I do not know why they do this.
1: Because they know that they shouldn't exist. So they're like, we're just going we to wait it out until somebody else realizes that they, sh- they forgot to close here. us down. We're not going to upgrade the equipment. <laughs>
0: This will get you think like that would be the worst of it. No, 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 no. Oh, no. There's a good 15 minutes between when you say tuna salad and when they cook your tuna salad because after that three ring binder, they go to another three ring binder which has a recipe for tuna salad in it. They leave through, find the recipe, spend their 15 minutes making the tuna salad. They will then bring it out to you. Uh, no, they will not bring it out to you. They will bring it out to someone, anyone else who is sitting in the cafe and say, here's your tuna salad. That person will say, I did not order a tuna salad. (laughs) And then they'll point to you and say, that guy ordered the tuna salad. The only other person in here ordered the tuna. They'll bring it over and then you'll crack it up. You'll be so excited and find that it's, it's either two ice cream scoops of mayonnaise with like a little bit of tuna on the top, or it is two ice cream scoops of tuna with just like the slightest (laughs) bit of mayonnaise on it.
1: So you're saying their, their measurements are off?
0: Yes. Either way,
1: either way, this will be the first time in
0: your life that you eat salad with a spoon because they don't have forks at this cafe. So you'll sit there scooping lettuce with a spoon into your mouth.
1: Feel like you've done this to yourself though. Oh, well, I, yes. Did you, I not say loved, that I love having star, this experience. one star experience? Right, that's fair. So, that was my something okay. and anything else. I highly
0: recommend going to the Atomic Cafe at the uh, Burbank Fries for the worst dining experience you'll ever have.
1: I'll add it to my list
0: of to do or to <laughs> not do. It's a
1: very long list of to do. Yes,
0: I'll take you there. My treat <laughs> if we ever go. Uh, All right, I am done. Was that too long?
1: No, I think, okay. I think we're.
0: Let's get yeah, out of here. Long enough to let's reach the ground. Let's get Let's blow this popsicle stand.
1: <laughs> You're in an odd mood today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I take umbrage. Are we, are we, are we, are we, I no, I we, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, because I promised I wouldn't take umbrage oh, anymore. Oh, okay.
1: I think we've covered everything. Okay. All the things.
0: All right. Then let's, let's ride out. Are we good? Sure. Okay. So the song we're playing today is, um, I do background extra work mm-hmm. where I will meet you know, half a dozen people a day and just say hello. And I say that my name is Jesse. And if I meet five people, uh, I will hear the song Jesse's Girl four times. (laughs) So anyone who meets me, don't sing Jesse's Girl. It's been done. And I don't like that song at all. I think it's a horrible song. Um, There's another song. This is by Janice Ian. Okay. And it's called Jesse. Okay. And if you sing this instead of Jesse's Girl... I w- if you sing Jesse's girl, I will think that you are a uh, uh, gosh and tacky. <laughs> However, if you sing Jesse as sung by uh, Janice Ian, I will like you so much. So I'm going to, I'm going to put that song on so you can all learn it and never sing Jesse's girl to me again. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much for coming out. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hollywoodfishbowl.com. What have you got?
1: Rightandco.com. That's where you can find me.
0: All right. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.
2: Jessie, come home There's a hole in the bed Where we slept Now it's growing cold Hey, Jessie, your face In the place where we lay By the hearth All apart It hangs on my heart, and I'm leaving the light on the stairs. No, I'm not scared, I wait for you, Jesse. see the floors and the boards Recalling your steps And I remember too All the pictures are fading And shaded in grey But I still set a place On the table no see the spread on the bed is like when you left I've kept it up for you and all the blues and the greens have been recently cleaned and it's seeming Me and you will swallow the light on the stairs Will do up my hair and sleep unaware Hey Jesse, alone oh lonely come home